Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about boosting morale without it costing a fortune. Low morale has been uh, becoming a problem that's more talked about at the moment, definitely what I'm hearing. And when morale is low, it's difficult to get people involved and motivated. And it can often feel like pushing boulders uphill. So in today's episode, I'm talking about spotting the signs and circumstances of low morale, what you can do about it, an example of a client I worked with, why it's important to find out what's really going on rather than just guessing, and several different ways that you can boost morale in your teams without it costing you a fortune. So join me on today's episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being, and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed, and have a wider impact on both their personal well-being and that of their teams. You know, I worked with Kate, who's a director, and she said I enlisted Emma's help as I was stressed, overwhelmed and struggling with my own work-life balance. I felt like I was constantly firefighting and both home and work life were suffering as a result. Emma's one-to-one coaching program was a breath of fresh air and clarity. No unrealistic goal setting, just simple, straight-talking advice that made sense. Emma has armed me with tools and techniques to focus, work more effectively, prioritise and let go of the crap. It's always good to let go of the crap, isn't it? So if you want this for your teams or for you as an individual or for your managers and leaders, because they have been dealing with such a lot over this last year, then please do get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk to you about what the different options are and what we can put in place to support your individuals and your teams. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So welcome back, listeners. It's great to have you here. I hope you're all really well and feeling good about your circumstances at the moment because I'm talking to lots of individuals and organisations where they are talking about how low morale is becoming a problem 
either for them individually or for the people in their teams. Now, sometimes low morale can happen over a period of time. Sometimes it can be because of circumstances like COVID, but whatever the reason, it's important to be able to turn it around as soon as you can. So spotting the signs of low morale and the circumstances that are happening is obviously the most important thing. Whether that's because some have worked through COVID uh, and are basically, you know, tired and feeling the pressure of working from home and juggling all things and the difficulties with healthy boundaries and all the things that I talk about in other episodes. But also some people have been furloughed for a long period of time and what we get there is a difference of opinion in their needs and in their values. We also get a kind of splitting within the workplace. It can end up with a bit of a them and us. You know, they've been kept um, working whilst uh, we've been furloughed or they've been furloughed, we've been sat at home and sat at home um, having it easy type thing while we've been working our socks off. So there can be a difference there that needs to be looked at and brought out into the open. Um, There can also be a lack of professional development and that's been really evident, particularly as I've noticed in my organisation as well, because there's been a lot less coaching and personal development going on because we've been firefighting. Um, It's not about this being a criticism. What it is, is just a recognition of how it's been, what's been happening. Um, But when we've been kind of doing the firefighting and the reactive stuff to be able to get through COVID and understand all the differences, it means that there's been that lack of professional development. There's maybe been a lack of support as well. Um, There can also be a lack of transparency. That can cause confusion. We only have to look at the COVID briefings to be reminded of that, where there's been an element of uncertainty or there's been a particular rule or briefing and different people have interpreted them in different ways. So that causes confusion because things are not kind of cut and dried or they're not clear or it creates misunderstanding. Some of the other um, issues that can cause low morale is about poor quality induction or training. And this, again, it's not a criticism, but it is something to be aware of and something to guard against. Obviously, inductions and training, as I've said, it's there's there's stuff about professional development that's not been happening. But if you've got people, if you've had to take on people, as you know, I know that my kids working in supermarkets, they've taken on loads of people, um, you know, at quite short notice and done things differently. Um, So if there's poor quality induction or there's a lack of decent training, then that can make a difference into how people feel, whether they feel welcome, whether they feel that they know what's going on. Um, So, you know, And if that's not there, again, that can cause some of the confusion and people sort of feeling a bit lost and not really, if people don't really know what they're doing, where they're going, you know, I've taught uh, last episode about the vision. So if they don't know what they should be doing and they've got that confusion, uncertainty, they're not going to feel good in the workplace. If businesses and leaders are not getting clear direction, how can that be passed on in the workplace? Well, it can't. And some of that 
I'm not going to get into criticising, you know, and politics, but it's just a fact that we've had so much uncertainty. And so often it can be good even just to say, do you know what, I don't have the answers for that. Um, I don't know about that. You don't have to have all the answers, but letting somebody else know that you don't have all the answers and maybe going, do you know what, I'll go and find out, or I'm really sorry, there's not a lot we can do about that. Um, we're still waiting on information or we're trying to get clarity on things that then it can make it more acceptable to people and they don't then try and fill in the gaps of understanding or what we tend to do as human beings is we kind of make up stories to fill the gaps um so you can avoid doing that by having some open and transparent conversations with people Change is another reason for low morale. Um, experiencing change can always be stressful. Um, and we know this. We know that change is hard. But we've had 14 months of change and uncertainty. And if as a leader you're not leading it well, then it can cause negativity as well. You know, the response to the COVID pandemic, depending what's been happening and how it's gone in your workplace can also add to low morale. We've been coping with such a lot that everyone has done their best, but the impact has been vast and varied. You know, and I'm seeing difficulty with isolation, work boundaries, overworking, burnout, boredom, loss of purpose, the list goes on. And the last thing that we want is disengaged people and low morale. But if you've got employees that are wearing, you know, long faces and saying, oh, yeah, living the dream um, with sarcasm and sluggishness and use phrases like what's the point or nobody cares, then it's definitely a sign that you need to do something about it. So look for all of those things in your uh, workplace, in your circumstances and just see because there's always something that we can do. But often because of COVID, there's been circumstances that we can't avoid, but it doesn't mean that we can't do anything about the situation to help to change how things are, get people feeling more included and boost that morale. You know, there was a client that I worked with um, who was absolutely exhausted and um, she'd worked all the way through all of her holidays whether she was actually uh, meant to be in work or not she, you know she was sat at, at home doing them and even when she went away some of it was pre-covered um, even when she went away she took work with her and what happened was she stopped being able to function well she stopped being able to see things clearly and this was then not just her own morale that was low, but it rippled through the team and all her staff. But what also happened was because she was tired and overworked and trying to uh, manage everything, and she um, deep down she realised that she was kind of struggling but didn't want to admit it to start with, and she was on that path of if I just work harder, it'll all be all right type thing. So, but then what she was doing, because she's tired, she's less focused, she's making mistakes, she was forgetting about arrangements and that was impacting on team plans. 
What she was then trying to do was quickly rectify things so there was knee-jerk reactions, there was rapid-fire decision-making that added to the mistakes and frustration and confusion. So what we talked about was about taking proper breaks and identifying the issues that were most draining for her. And by creating clear delegation and trusting the people that were around her, it meant that she could take proper time either to put in some of those boundaries and give herself undivided attention to be able to do the important things that she needed to do and then come back in to lead the team and not try and do all things and be more able to cope with the pressure because it's not just about taking a break and that's a little bit about what frustrates me about you know GP sort of issue sick notes for stress and um, it's not just the break it does need a bit of a mindset shift it needs to look at how you're working how you're living your life and make some decisions about where the issues are and what it is that's having the impact on all of that So if you think you've got low morale in your team, you know, the first thing really is to listen to your team and find out what's really going on with them rather than guessing. I get lots of organisations asking me what workshop activity or engagement thing that I can do to help boost morale or engagement. And the first thing I do is say, what problem are you seeing? And what do you want to achieve? What is it that you want to turn around? Because otherwise you're putting in things that are not going to help because you're focusing on the wrong things and basically you're just doing a stab in the dark, essentially. So, you know, checking in frequently with your people is part of the listening. And it's not just now and then or because you want to make a plan to boost morale, but it's checking in frequently because you genuinely care and because their opinion matters. So that when you check in, you need to really listen. And this isn't, as I've experienced at different times, this isn't listen and interrupt. This isn't listen and get annoyed, you know, because it will often come across as a bit like sounding like they are complaining. Um, But so it isn't listen and get annoyed. It isn't listen and correct them. It isn't listen and justify things. All of these (laughs) things I've experienced, you can tell, can't you? It is listen and shut up and listen essentially you or whoever is you know is leading the kind of listening sessions the focus groups or that you know um, sending out um, uh, sort of uh, well-being questionnaires and things you need to be like a detective really looking for the clues and the info that will lead to uh, the source of some of the problems you know some to be a detective and find some of the collective themes that are going on and then also what will lead you to the solutions Obviously, the next thing is to let people know that you hear them. With this um, leader that I talked about, we did a, a staff wellbeing survey. And in all honesty, the, some of the stuff that came back was hard to read and hard to for her to listen to. But um, the next stage was to let people know that, that they were heard that we understood the problems or concerns. Um, It doesn't mean you have to turn things on their head, but you do have to understand. So it might be, you know, if you're face-to-face, that, you know, wow, I'm really sorry that that's hard for you. 
it might be that you do a more formal um, that you know you said this so we're going to do that um, it it might be that you say you know you're struggling with this and I get that and here's the reasons that you need to do it that way um, so that people need more understanding and more explanation it might be that it's let's give this a try and if we don't try this you know this way of working we can't gather information and form realistic feedback so you ask people to give something a go for say a set period of time if you're putting in a new way of working or asking them to do something in a new way so that you're getting them on board with different things often that are related to change and stuff or you're educating them on why it is that we need to do those things or you're just being empathic with them that it is really really hard and that you hope it's not going to last or whatever it is it's hard for me to give you exact things with not having the circumstances but you'll get the gist of stuff yeah then you can begin to build momentum and encourage engagement which in turn will raise productivity but when you have uh, people that feel low and morale is low it affects that productivity and achievement you know you only have to as you're listening to this if you just slump forward for a moment you know shoulders uh, rounded and hunched head down chin on chest and notice how you feel rounding your shoulders sagging your body notice that you feel much more slumpy much more um lethargic maybe grumpy then if you uh, straighten your back put your shoulders back put your chest out put your head high and notice how you feel now and the thing is that you can do that you can get people to uh, feel so much better to do their work with their head held high with a feeling of pride and that boosts that feeling of motivation and energy you know I've said before mood is contagious and it can have that ripple effect just as it did with my client and if people are fed up and miserable it ripples through everybody else because it's hard to stay lifted and positive when everyone around you is moaning and groaning and being quite negative so when you are talking to people and boosting people to want to come into work with their head held high, it makes a difference to mood and productivity and achievement. So how is it that, you know, that we do that? Well, you know, it's good to find things to celebrate. So look for successes. And it might seem like you're wading through treacle at times, especially when no one else can see successes. But, you know, psychologists say that we need three good things for every one negative in our life so it doesn't mean that we have to get all singing and dancing but it is easier to keep moving forward to the next thing and the next thing and to forget about celebrating successes so look for small achievable successes every single day these can be bigger things like people's birthdays and work anniversaries and other achievements. And again, because mood is contagious, if people see one person kind of celebrating and getting a good feeling and a bit of joy, other people start to get it as well. But you know, if you have like a daily or weekly meeting or a huddle or that kind of thing, who did something well? Who can you shine and congratulate and give a mention to? 
Acknowledging individual efforts is very morale boosting and often brings people to want to kind of, you know, get their name on that list or, or be, you know, try and get a mention or and see how things go in that way so that you begin to look at the good stuff and you're taking people along with you with that kind of, you know, it's like an attitude of gratitude, but you know, that, that sense of achievement. Think about corridor coaching. Um, you know, we associate coaching with like formal environments, like like clear agreements and set time away from from the desk or away from uh, from from the office. But actually, coaching in the workplace can be much more informal, like in the corridor. You know, when managers are up for coaching, any sort of interaction with their team it can be transformational rather than just transactional, I suppose. And practice with this makes perfect too, as anything, well, well, you know, what does perfect look like really? But, you know, practice is really helpful. So that it soon becomes an unconscious competency and staff begin to kind of seek out their leaders and their managers to be able to improve their skill set, gather understanding, you know, improve focus and change mindset about things. So if you're just catching people, it literally is, you know, at the side of the desk, in the corridor, um, within any, I know we're not all back at the desks and in the corridors in our individual workplaces, but wherever you are, you can do these small snippets. I'm going to do uh, expand on this in another episode to give you some more information about how you can do corridor coaching really well. And as I said before, you know, be careful that you don't get frustrated or annoyed at your employees when, um, you know, when they perhaps they've done something wrong or that's not quite to your standard or to your liking. But some curious questioning, um, because it might become apparent that, you know, they didn't know about this stuff. It's not always about people generally don't deliberately kind of slack on the job. It's often about that lack of training or guidance or a misunderstanding about what expectations are, which is what I mentioned at the beginning about some of the reasons for low morale might be about in induction or development things. Build trust. You know, corridor coaching and small nuggets of information um, can set expectations and show people what you really need. Being able to uh, delegate effectively, build trust in the people that you've got around you. Um, This was one of the things I did with the client, was encouraging her to build that trust, to be able to delegate. It's a double-edged sword, really, if you like, that people feel valued in being able to take that responsibility and you get, you know, time off or time to divert to doing other things, um, a bit particularly the time off that you need. You know, I think it's Oprah Winfrey says, you know, you surround yourself with people who lift you higher. So, you know, there's nothing worse than being micromanaged. That's going to be another episode. But find ways that you can build trust, that you can delegate, that you can have people pick up some of the responsibilities so that you don't have to do everything and you're not thinking about things all of the time. And then finally, when you prioritise their well-being, it's a great way to include people and show people that you care about them. So, you know, caring about birthdays, caring about successes is one thing. Caring about their well-being is another step. Many organisations I work with already have great well-being plans, but 
but they often want to bring in somebody like me so that they are delivering training that is needed, supportive, informative and helpful. It shows that you care. It shows that, you know, there's a level of importance on everything that you do. As long as you are walking your talk and there's a universal message that comes across. There's no point in saying organise this and that and then sending emails at ridiculous times of night or expecting people to be coming in on their day off. There's no point working all the way through the holiday and then telling other people to take time off when you've given them massive targets and things to achieve. And that's where the training for healthy boundaries or resilience is important right now and even managing stress levels because the stress levels have gone through the roof pretty much with most people um, through the pandemic. And so to help them cope with what comes in the future with hybrid working and getting back to whatever that state of play is, is often important so that you can help boost that morale, get people feeling involved, feeling motivated, so that then you can turn around that morale and have people being much more productive, much more included. And surround yourself, as Oprah said, with people that lift you higher. So just to quickly recap, look at the signs and circumstances. Think about what is really the problem with your people. Listen to them. Check in with them frequently. Feedback that you hear them. Encourage engagement and raise productivity. Celebrate achievements look at where you can do snippets of improvement say corridor coaching or little bits of development so that you build trust and show them that you prioritize their well-being so i hope that's been really helpful for you today a slightly longer episode than normal but such a lot of important things to cover in there if you have any questions whatsoever please do get in touch with me emma at emmalankton.com i'd really love you to drop me an email and let me know what you think of the podcast what is useful for you and even let me know if you've got any particular topics that you want me to cover And then until next time, have a fantastic week. Bye for now.